Welcome to the Nativity Good News Podcast. I'm Michael Sanum. I'm Connor Kramichek. And we're highlighting how Nativity parishioners are answering the gospel call to serve, to love, and to evangelize. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nativity Good News Podcast. Uh, it's been a while. Connor, how long has it been? It's been about a month. Wow, okay. I thought it was two weeks, but <laughs> time's going fast these days for me. <laughs> um, well, we are so glad to welcome Brad Grabs and Karen Camarada today to talk about the Learning Club, Club, excuse me, which is uh, a wonderful ministry that you're going to hear more about here in a second. So welcome, Karen and Brad. Thank you. Thank you. And we are happy to have you both here. Can you, I don't, I'm going to throw this out to both of you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how this ministry started and how you got involved. Maybe we'll start with Brad here. Yeah, sure. Well, um, we've been going for 21 years. Um, I was actually teaching at Rockhurst High School. Um, when I was there. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that's been a minute or two. Um, but, um, uh, I, and I, but I was living in the urban core of Kansas City, Kansas. And um, make a long story short, um, I was out for a walk near my home uh, on a Sunday afternoon in the year 2000, and I got mugged and assaulted by two teenagers, uh, and very unpleasant experience. And uh, uh, but um, as I as I reflected and prayed about that incident, what it led me to um, to conclude was that the, the young people in that area needed more help. And I, as I started to ask around um, what opportunities there were for young people in that neighborhood. I found out that there really weren't many things after school and on the weekends for, for young people there. And so I ended up leaving Rockhurst High School at the end of that school year. And um, I knew a Catholic sister who had, uh, Sister Vicki Perkins, who had a, a daycare center in an old Catholic grade school called uh, Blessed Sacrament. And I went to her and I said, I've got this idea of having an after school program for kids. And she said, well, it's a great idea. Um, she said, I'll give you some seed money to start it if you want to organize it. And so um, we did. We had our first, uh, our first kids in January of 2001 um, is when we started. Wow. So it's been going on a while. Yep. Wow, that's I'm wonderful. Like, I've got gray hairs to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> and Karen, how did you get involved? Um, I got involved, I think someone came to Nativity uh, and spoke after Mass or, or during Mass, and I thought, well, my kids are up and gone, so, you know, I can love being around kids. So I started, I think, in um, the fall of 2014. Um, so I've been going for a while, for, oh, wonderful. for a few years. And it's, you know, as my kids, you know, get old and don't think I know anything anymore. I can put one over on the grade school kids. <laughs> They're like, oh. My grade school kids don't think I know anything well, <laughs> already. <laughs> I asked for the youngest yeah, kids you at go. Learning there Club. There you go. <laughs> so it's been a fun, a fun activity to do over the last few years and just keep in touch with like the wonderment of children. Be, you know, when your kids are, are older and it's been very fun and rewarding. And Brad is a great inspiration. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, what, what happens on an average day at the Learning Club? What, what do you do, mm -hmm. and what does the, the ministry look like? Yeah. Mostly it's an after-school program, although we do have some in-school programs available, too. But we have um, volunteers from throughout the community. So Karen comes on Mondays to St. Margaret's. We have people from all over the metro area that come in the afternoon to work one-on-one -on -one with a student after school. 
And most of our sites, we've got six after-school sites. Most of them, all but one, are in public housing centers. Um, and that's very deliberate because we want to target the kids who are most marginalized. So public housing communities uh, typically um, house people who are very poor um, and have a lot of challenges. And so um, we meet with the kids at the community centers. And so they just come over right after school. They're right there uh, in the place where they live. So we don't need to do any transportation. We don't, um, yeah, even parental involvement. We don't need much of that if their parents are working or whatever because we're working with them right there where they live. And so uh, then the volunteers come in, and our goal is always to have a one-on-one tutoring situation so that kids can get um, individualized help with their homework. And if they don't have homework, we've got a, a pretty basic reading program that they can do and some math things. So basically to help them with academics. But so that's, you know, a big part of it, but but also just the relationships that are built over time. We have um, so our, our goal is to keep students and tutors together um, if it's a good match so that they can work together for sometimes years. And um, that really develops into a nice mentoring relationship as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's so many great things about that. One of them, you're going where the kids are at. So like you mm-hmm. said, they don't have to get, you know, bust somewhere. But then also that one-on-one relationship that's created mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, creating that space is great. How you, – you mentioned just a little bit when you talked about the the event that I think for many people would have been assigned a, a to – I got to get out, get away from this stuff. You know, I got to go somewhere <laughs> else, you know, uh, clearly this is not what, you know, I'm meant for if this bad thing is happening to me and you through your prayer and theological reflection, mm-hmm. you found kind of a vocation within that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Just what, what mm-hmm. was, how, how was your faith involved in that kind of discernment mm-hmm. um, to go, not to get away, but to kind of go deeper? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, at first, you know, after the after uh, I was mugged, I was definitely kind of fearful and kind of angry um, for a while. And um, but I really just started to talk to God about that and say and say, well, what's you know what what would you have me learn from this? You know, what's what is there um, about it? Because I I wanted to live in the urban core, and that's where I was at the time. And so um, I feel like it was just kind of a, a God's wake up call. You know, I was working at the time, I was teaching at Rockhurst High School, working with kids who um, have lots of opportunities and lots of um, uh, things to do after school and all the time, good things to do. Um, And so it really opened my eyes to the needs of uh, thinking about the kids in the urban core, you know, what are the opportunities that they have? And I found out it wasn't much. And so then, you know, I, so that's when I just started talking to people like Sister Vicky, and it just seemed like, yeah, this is the right thing. God was opening up the doors for it to happen, and it um, happened quite, uh, quite easily then. Yeah, yeah. How has, uh, and this is for both of you, how has your faith maybe changed or grown throughout being involved in this ministry? Karen? <laughs> is, that, is that a softball or, or a hardball? That, that, that was deep theological. <laughs> um, just, I don't, like, I talked about, you know, just being around little kids and their just implicit trust, you know, in mm-hmm. this, you know, white lady showing up and she's going to read with me. And that not that great? I'm going to tell her about my day at school. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell her uh, about my family. And I'm going to tell her, you know, about my religious faith somewhat, which is different than mine. Mm -hmm. So just sort of expanding 
the idea of all of God's people. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just, you know, doing learning clubs, your, the room full of people looks a lot different than a yeah. room full of nativity yeah. students. Yeah. And um, so I think that's, that's just brought me closer to, you know, the universal God. Yeah, yeah, the universal church and the universal God. Right. That's well said, well said. Yeah, and I think um, that's well said, Karen. And I think also um, it's really important to create uh, what I call unlikely friendships. So um, I, I found that a lot of people um, throughout the metro area have a really big heart for underprivileged kids. I mean, most people do. But it's it's hard for a lot of people to know how to help. You mm-hmm. know, they want to help, but they're not sure how. Yeah. Um, they can write a check, and that's good. Uh, but is there anything more they can do? Because most people want to do more. And so this gives people an opportunity to, as Karen was saying, um, get connected with somebody who is different from them. You know, by all accounts, uh, most of our tutors are uh, different from our students in in lots of different ways. Um, But I think what they find when they're working together is um, there's a lot of similarities, right? Um, The uh, kids at Learning Club are not much different from the kids at Nativity. They mm-hmm. look different. They have different backgrounds and things. But as far as, you know, what their needs are, what their interests are, what they they uh, like to do, and um, they're just kids. And so that's, I think, a really a valuable thing for um, people to experience and to know, you know, that they can be connected to somebody who's very different and, and, and um, find a, that very life-giving. Yeah, yeah. That's always a powerful thing, I think, when you kind of break down those boundaries, those walls, and you see that that common humanity or that common human spirit um, beneath it. So that's a great opportunity for volunteers. You know, as a, you probably get a lot more than you give uh, in this ministry. Um, and are you looking for volunteers right now? Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> we are. Um, and, and really, it's an ongoing need because... Um, that's one of the things that limits what we can do because of our mm-hmm. one-on-one model. Um, I mean, there are 20,000 kids in the KCK school district. And so there's lots of kids to serve, but um, we don't, we're always looking for more tutors to work with the kids uh, to, to help with that one-on-one um, ratio. So we do it. We've got some after-school opportunities, especially on Tuesdays from like 4.20 to 5.30. Um, and these, again, are, are in KCK, close to the urban core, um, but people come together. Sometimes people carpool. Um, we have some people from different churches that carpool um, and come together, which they, uh, one group told me they enjoy the carpool as much as the time with the kids, so that can be fun, too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, but, yep, we have uh, after-school things, and even our, we're also recently expanding to in-school programming, so training people to come into the urban core grade schools during the day and read with kids um, for about half an hour. And they can do uh, two or three kids back to back. And, and that's been really helpful to the kids and in, um, in their literacy because they, a lot of times, a lot of the kids in KCK mm-hmm. are English language learners. So they don't have anybody at home that can read to them in English or listen to them in English very well. It's just, it's a different dynamic. And so for a student to be able to read to, or even sometimes the tutor reads to the student, um, one-on-one, it really makes, we've seen it make a big impact. Yeah, I worked for a program called The Upper Room on the Missouri side, a literacy program. I was a site director. And uh, th- that's what I think made a big impact on me is you go in there and you're, we're going to get the reading scores up, right? And you are just by 
reading to kids, having kids read to you. But then just kind of the, I think the friendship that develops around reading. I mean, I read to my kids every night, you know, and it's always kind of a sacred time. But I think even just, like you said, the unlikely friendships that pop up just by reading and talking about your day, kind of the easy intimacy that comes out of that um, is, is really a kind of a beautiful thing too. Um, now, Nativity has been involved with the Learning Club though, mm-hmm. right? Through the yeah. outreach committee. Right. Is that right? Yep. Is that, how long has that been That's going been going on? on for, oh gosh, probably eight or 10 years okay. maybe. Um, and so we uh, had originally asked for uh, help funding, in, which at that time was a new site at um, public housing community called Chalet Manor, close to, in the Argentine area of KCK. And so um, every year, uh, Nativity has been helping fund that site, which has been really, really a blessing to us. Um, and we've had a variety of Nativity parishioners over the years um, that have been tutors and helped in lots of different ways. And um, Tom, Gar- Tom Garbach has helped a bunch uh, with different things that people have donated here mm-hmm. and to get it to us for uh, so that we can distribute it to people yeah. in need. So this is already a established relationship with Nativity yeah. uh, and Nativity yeah. parishioners. So if, if you're sure. out there listening and looking maybe for a ministry, you know, this is... Uh, this is something uh, you might consider. I, I just want to go back because I do, I do find uh, what you said about so many people having a big heart um, for kids in the urban core, but not knowing what to do. Um, and this is one way they could get involved um, in a very, you know, practical, hands-on way. Um, but I also just wonder, you know, what if somebody's out there listening and they're just wondering, you know, how would I find, you know, the the calling to do something like Brad did or like Karen does, you know, what advice would you give for someone out there who maybe has a big heart? Maybe they're thinking, maybe this is the right fit. Maybe it's not, but, but I don't know, just what's the process of kind of being guided, um, I guess. Yeah. Well, actually first let me ask Karen, um, what did you, when you first were introduced to the idea how did you feel about it, and, and what made you go ahead and, and pull the trigger and decide to do it? Uh, well, I, f- I felt like I think maybe at the time the Johnson County bubble was, you know, in cl- I was enclosed in it, mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah, you can write a check, but I thought, let's have some one-on-one, and this is a just such a perfect way to have a little bit of contact mm-hmm. and to... Um, know a little bit more about our neighbors that are struggling, you know, through the kids. And then we also meet the parents uh, various times during the year or the guardians of the kids. So that's what attracted me was mm-hmm. was being able to do that one-on-one connection. And I've had students, you know, for years, and to see them grow, like from a second grader to an eighth grader. That's cool. That's a lot of, a <laughs> lot of growth in those yeah, years. that's and amazing. So that's that's what attracted me was the one on one. The hardest thing to get over is driving, and I think that's a barrier for a lot of people to mm-hmm. to drive from where we are, you know, to downtown Kansas City, Kansas, or somewhere thereabouts. So, but um, we can all listen to great podcasts. That's true. On the way, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you the good news. If someone's interested, <laughs> yes. I'll give you a ride. We can start a carpool here, yeah. and uh, we can go down on Tuesdays. <laughs> yes. yes, and I, I'll put a plug in for myself because I drive. I go on Mondays to St. Margaret's, mm-hmm. and um, so if anybody has a Monday free at you know four mm-hmm. to six, they can carpool with me. Oh, that's great. great. That's yeah. a nice offer. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Yeah, and I think to add on to that, um, you know, I think I, I get the people, they don't really know what it's about, and it's a long ways from home and things. And um, But I would say that, that one of the things that we really try to do is have a, a very organized program. It's very structured. Um, we have staff that are on hand, uh, especially to help new volunteers so that they know what they're doing and, and feel comfortable with it. Um, and I think once people come to check it out and, you know, and they see that all the volunteers are working individually with kids, but they're all in the same room. It's a very, it's a comfortable environment. Um, even the, uh, the community centers um, at the public housing are, are friendly places. And so um, it's, uh, it's easier to do than, than a lot mm-hmm. of people might imagine. Well, that's good to know too. That's good to know. Okay. And I'll, I'll put a plug in for, there's a lot of teachers that are volunteers, but I'm not a teacher. And really you just know how to, need to know how to read. Mm. And there's a lot of help once you get there. If you say, I'm struggling with math for seventh graders or with the homework, there's a lot, teachers are all around to help you figure it out. So you're never really alone trying to figure something out. And um, Brad also provides um, ongoing training. We've, there's, we've had a lot of seminars about, um, I have a list here like conscious discipline, offering choices, leveled readers, motivation, childhood trauma. So this is another way to learn more about mm-hmm. what people are, we may not be struggling with, mm-hmm. but other people are yeah. struggling with. Yeah, that's really, really helpful that you've got that continuing training going on too, uh, and affirmation. You mentioned a little bit kind of what brought you there, and you mentioned a little bit, um, and this is for both of you again, but what have been, uh, what have just been some of the fruits you've seen? from this ministry? I mean, what? A lot of fruits, but I'll, I'll just, I'll mention one little girl that comes to mind that I think um, I started working with her when she was about a second grader. And I think she was from Somalia and the, her family was, immig- they were immigrants or refugees. And she was just learning the English language as she's, you know, just dropped into public school. Wow. Okay, let's learn English. And so it was so rewarding to see her progress. And I didn't teach her English. We just, you know, conversed mm-hmm. in whatever way mm-hmm. we were. And so the reading was difficult, but she made a lot, amazing progress. And then we also keyed in on, she was really good at math, the universal language, yeah. right? So we did a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, exercise <clears throat> with math. But just so wonderful to see her grow into a really confident eighth grader. That's amazing. That was, wow. was great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, you know, we've seen, we have seen a lot of fruits, and, and some of it is um, in academic successes, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of one uh, little boy. I live right across the street from the Blessed Sacrament um, location, and so um, there was a little boy on our street that um, was, his parents had recently come from Mexico, and, and I tried to, to interest them in Learning Club, but they were just really timid about, uh, about coming, or they just were really kind of nervous about it. So, but finally he came. And um, he ended up coming, and then all of his younger siblings did over uh, lots of years, even into high school. Um, and now he is um, he's still at K-State, um, almost to graduate, but he also does every, um, every summer, he does an, an ongoing internship at NASA in Houston. Wow. And so um, he's, and he's studying uh, engineering, and he's um, just been a really a wonderful young man, uh, and... and has made a lot, just a, a tremendous amount of, of um, living into his potential, I think. And so um, he's definitely one person that comes to mind. 
Um, I also am thinking about, um, we just had recently a new student start at Blessed Sacrament who, um, uh, her dad was in Learning Club when he was in second really? grade, and she came in second grade. So it's really special. I feel like a grandpa. Yeah. Um, Brad, you're getting old. I know, I know, and there's the proof. But, uh, yeah, it's just really beautiful because um, uh, she was just so proud to come to where her dad had been. Yeah. Her dad talked so highly. He said, you're going to love this. This is really going to help you a lot. So um, that's just really, really meaningful. That is. I mean, so. just, uh, yeah, to start from an idea you know, or, or even a bad experience, and then this prayerful discernment, and now it's this intergenerational, yeah. you know, institution, <laughs> you know, of, of yep. uh, fond memories and growth and mm-hmm. unlikely friendships. That's uh, that's definitely the spirit at work, you know, really, really, really. So that's wonderful. Um, I, I want to add, too, that um, Brad and his staff make the point that these kids are sometimes from single-parent families and often from big families, and your one hour together may be the one time that week that they have someone's undivided attention. Yeah. Unlike, you know, how much undivi- undivided attention did my kids get over the years? <laughs> Too much, probably. But, you know, that, that it's, it, some maybe, sometimes maybe doesn't seem that significant, but you don't realize mm. how significant it may be for that child from a big yeah. family that someone's sitting down with her and I'm looking at her coloring, her drawing, you know, and yeah. say, talking about that. It seems simple, but it's, I think it's more important than you might think. Yeah. And just for, f- from our perspective, seems like a minimal commitment of an hour or so. But for them, being at that young age, and like you said, not maybe getting the undivided attention, it's really, it's maximum impact um, for your time and, and attention and care. So, um yeah, what a what a wonderful opportunity um, uh, to make a big impact in a kid's life. Yeah. If someone at Nativity wants to get involved with Learning Club, where should they go? Where should they email someone, or or what's the best way? Yeah, um, certainly people could get in contact with me if they wanted to, or our website is learningclubkck.org. And we have a volunteer page, and, and you can just plug in your, your name and your email address, and that sends us a message that you're interested, and our volunteer coordinator gets back with you and, and, and tells you more or gives you more information if you'd like it, or we set up a training and, and go from there. But it's a pretty simple process. Um, but, yep, our website's probably the best place to go, learningclubkck.org. I'll put that in the description of the episode as well. Great. Well... If you want to chat with uh, Karen about this opportunity, what it looks like off the record, (laughs) feel free to contact me and I'll get you in touch with Karen. Uh, You can email me at msanem at kcnativity.org or you can call me at 913-338-4367 extension 1501. It's 913-338-4367 extension 1501 and I'd be happy to chat with you about it and get you in touch with Karen. Thank you, Brad and Karen, for coming on. Thank you for your ministry um, that's bearing abundant fruit. 
thank you and thank you to all the nativity parishioners have been involved over the years and with funding and with volunteer hours we're really really grateful great thank you both thank you Do you or someone you know have some good news to share with our Nativity community? Email us at communication at kcnativity.org.